Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Covington playing Levine, topside three ball, bam! Onions, baby onions! Zach Levine in the Bulls! Your number one source for Chicago Bulls news and stories. Levine to White, this time he gives it to Williams for three. The rookie! Host Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. Jordan Malley. Jordan, great to see you. Through our 670 score scope. Yep. Where is he? And it's right over there, Bill. Are you flat out kidding me? Matt Peck used to do a great job with the Bulls Outsider Show. Now he's doing Locked on Bulls. There he is, Jim and Oh, don't mess with the boots. But watch this crossover. Bulls bird of free league goes. So kick back. I'm not. Relax. I'm not. And get ready for the best hour of your day. Uh, you know, I'm not. You can just see the vibe. And these guys are men. Locked on Bulls starts now. I love it. Pass to Levine with a right-handed jackhammer slam. Oh, my goodness. That was filthy. Here are your hosts, Jordan Malley and Matt Peck. I'm getting out the dancing shoes. What's up and welcome into Locked on Bulls, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jordan Malley. Along with me is Matt Peck. Follow us on Twitter at Jordan C. Malley at Bulls underscore Peck and at Locked on Bulls. Hit us up on our text and voicemail line, 331-979-1369. Drop your text, your voicemails, anything you got for us, 331-979-1369. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in this episode. Matt, back, and uh, I'll be honest with you, man, I'm not as excited as I was, uh, what, less than a year ago when we were talking about the lottery and what could potentially be is sitting at number seven because for the most part, man, I really, I hate to be the pessimist, but I don't think the Bulls are going to get lucky enough to jump into the top four, but convince me wrong. This is a little bit of a different feeling on lottery nights uh, than it was a year ago. How are you? And we'll get into the specific odds in a sec. Jordan, what's up, man? What's up, Bulls Nation? Um, yeah, I... I'm feeling a little salty and pessimistic coming into tonight. Um, I'm just preparing myself for disappointment. And, you know, you you know that I was sitting here pounding my fists, um, you know, cursing, cursing the world when we were seeing the Bulls just get some meaningless wins at the end of the season. And I know plenty of Bulls fans that were that were hating on me when I was complaining about these wins on Twitter, say, oh, you know, you got to, they aren't mathematically eliminated yet. You should be trying to win. You should be trying to get into that play-in. And and winning builds character and momentum for these young players and yada, yada, yada. And I, yeah, I think that's bullshit. Um, And I know people say, it's not that much of a difference. It's just a few percentage points. Well, if the Bulls had realized their fate after Zach Levine's extended absence and looked at, the situation realistically and done their best to lose out like they should have, then tonight coming into tonight, we could be sitting at 32% odds to jump into the top four of a draft class that whose top four is stacked with potentially franchise changing talent. 32% instead of 20. I mean, I I know 12% doesn't sound like all that much, but if, if we swing and miss tonight and we don't get lucky and we got to send that pick over to Orlando, I'm going to be sitting here wondering, gee, if we had 12 extra percentage points worth of ping, winning ping pong ball combinations, 
might we be singing a different tune tonight? And I, I, I know that it's like a, a, a downer way to look at this whole situation. Um, but and, and sure, wins are fun, but they were meaningless. And I, you know, I, I, it's the realest way that I that I approach this. So coming into tonight, I'm I'm mad that we have a twenty percent chance instead of thirty two. I pretty much convinced myself that at the when they made the move at the deadline, I was like, okay, it doesn't really matter. I know what their goal is at the end of this season. I'm okay with them not having a pick. I was okay with it in March. So I might be a little bit di- like there's some fans out there that probably feel the same way. Is like, hey, either way, we got Vooch. That is a win in itself. Uh, some positives too, man. Like. The Bulls jumped up last year. They jumped up from the seventh spot to the fourth, uh, and that was a big deal as well. So uh, there's been positive vibes around this team for an entire year. I don't see why it can't happen. I just said don't be fully disappointed or don't go and burn down the city of Chicago because the Bulls didn't end up in the top four. Remember that you still got Vooch. So so any fans out there that might be a little discouraged that if we don't get in the top four, just remember we got we got Vooch, and at least we got Vooch for the next season, and we can see what him and Levine can do together. Uh, that being said, though, man, they're sending Mark Eversley. Hopefully he can bring a ton of luck, and, I mean, we could be talking about five or six different scenarios if the Bulls end up in the top four. It opens up a lot more things in terms of trade discussions. It opens up what their plans might be short and long term as well, uh, as opposed to not having that pick at all. But I'm okay with it. I'm okay if the Bulls don't end up with a pick uh, come at the end of the night. Yeah, I mean, it. yeah, it, it is what it is. And if you don't get lucky, you don't jump at the top four, at least you get that part of the Vooch trade over with and and you, you send them that pick and, you know, it winds up being somewhere like eighth or ninth or whatever. And and you're halfway done. You're halfway done with tearing off the Band-Aid of what, what you had to give up to get Vooch here to come play with Zach. So I, I guess that's the silver lining of the worst case scenario um, or just not necessarily even worst case scenario, just losing scenario of two possible outcomes tonight. You get lucky or you don't. Um, I just, yeah, it, it would provide them with so many interesting opportunities and options as far as what they do this off season if they were to get lucky and jump in. Because, I mean, teams are drooling over this draft class. Um, you know, I, I was listening to, to Mike Schmitz do a hit on SportsCenter this morning uh, you know, Draft Express guy who's working for ESPN now, whose opinion I, I very much respect, saying he thinks this could be one of the best draft classes in like the last couple of decades. And I mean, whether the Bulls would be looking to pair a, you know, Cunningham or a Suggs or whoever with Patrick Williams and 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 looking, okay, short term, we've got Zach, we've got Vooch, but Look at this exciting pair that we now have for the long term. Or because all of these teams are looking at this draft class and saying, look at all this talent, using that pick and one or two other assets, package a top four pick in this upcoming draft with Kobe White or, dare I say, Patrick Williams, whoever, to get yourself a third star to come play here now with Zach and Vooch. One of a lot of different options that you could go with. And I, you know... I, I want them. I want them to get lucky and jump at the top four tonight. I've already made my peace with the fact that they probably won't, but it would be so much better for the team if they did. And there's been a trend too in the NBA over the last couple of years, or last several years, where it seems like teams that 
did the right things throughout the season organizationally and didn't try to actively tank all of those things. I know it's a lot more difficult now, but it seems like for whatever reason, those teams were rewarded. Like you even look at what the Bulls did, like take the Bulls example. They, they cleared house. They cleared out Jim Boylan as head coach. They made a bunch of new hires. They started to change the direction, the face of the franchise. And you ended up with a little bit of luck going from seven to four just last year. So uh, I'm with you, man. Like, I would be totally down, totally excited for the Bulls to land that top four pick. You know, the funniest part is we didn't even talk about, like, the nightmare scenario for the Magic. Like, the Magic could fall out of the top five, and the Bulls could jump into the top four, and the Magic could go away after tonight thinking that they were going to have at least two top ten picks and end up with one and fall down three spots. Very slim chances of it happening, but that scenario is still very much in play. Could you... I can't even imagine being a Magic fan and finding out that that happened. You traded away your all-star, you dropped down three spots, and the pick you were supposed to be owed is no longer yours because it was top four protected. So that's still a scenario out there. Even in that scenario, Jordan, I mean, you still got Wendell Carter Jr., so you got to be feeling pretty good about yourself, right? (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. Wendell Carter Jr., who's like half broken. Same thing with Jonathan Isaac. And hopefully he comes back healthy. And Markel Fultz, they got just like a lot of broken potential down there. So I don't I don't know what Orlando's doing. Um, Matt, I want you to hear from a couple of national NBA people that talked about the Bulls just overall season and also looking at this offseason, looking at the Bulls short term and long term. I think this is a good way for listeners to be able to hear some other perspectives outside of just Chicago and hearing what people are thinking about what the Bulls decided to do in year one of this new phase. Um, I think you're going to be shocked, man. I I think Bulls fans are going to be shocked by it as well. Before we get to that, Jordan, uh, you tease it during the intro. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Michelob Ultra. And as the Bulls are currently watching the playoffs instead of participating in them, uh, this week we decided to give our Player of the Week nod, make a little Ultra Player of the Week, to our rookie Patrick Williams, who recently was tabbed as a second rookie, second team all rookie selection for the 2020 NBA rookie class. Michelob Ultra, only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, only worth it if you enjoy it. Joy creates success. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. Um, You know, Jordan, I know Bulls fans were a little bit disappointed in the conclusion to Patrick Williams' rookie year in that he was, you know, uh, not being quite as aggressive as some would want it on the offensive end, not getting enough shots up, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, I think that that was a bit of an overreaction. I'm excited and looking forward to see what we get from Patrick Williams in year two. Hopefully he works his tail off this offseason to add elements and and nuances to his game and even maybe uh, strengthen himself up a bit. But man, I I don't even know if that kid needs to hit the gym all that badly this offseason. He's already built so strongly. But looking forward to see what he does, assuming he is donning a Bulls jersey again next season. Congrats to the Rook on making all-rookie second team. Again, just 2.6 carbs, 95 calories. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. Grab yourself a Michelob Ultra and hats off to our Michelob Ultra Player of the Week, young Patrick Williams. Today's episode is also brought to you by Credit Karma. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account when where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma Money debit card, you win 
daily instant karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Who doesn't want instant gratification? If you're looking for satisfaction, there's no need to wait. With Credit Karma Money, you can win cash reimbursements for debit purchases. Credit Karma Money has already given away over $3 million in instant karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no over draft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 500,000 ATMs. Right now, visit creditkarma.com slash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com slash win money to sign up for a free and to sign up for free and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. With that, Matt, let's uh, let's hear from San Vicini and from Danny LaRue. This was about a month ago, so I think this kind of went out under the radar just because the bull season was over. A little disappointing that they didn't make the playoffs. Uh, baseball season, I think, caught a lot of Bulls fans' crossover attention, too. Um, so this is three and a half minutes of a very, very surprising outlook, short-term and long-term, for this Bulls team uh, on the Game Theory podcast. Chicago's in, I don't know what the Chicago does at this point. They don't have their draft pick in all likelihood. They also don't have spending power because yeah. part of the, an underrated part of the Vooch trade was taking on Al Farouk Aminu's $10.2 million player option. That means really the only way that the front office can clear functional space, like space that really matters, is by letting Larry Markkinen walk. And that could happen. Maybe you do it through a signing trade or something else. But it's a huge challenge, and part of why that's a huge challenge for Chicago is the most logical way to get Zach Levine to re-up, to, to commit long-term, was actually to use cap space to allow for a renegotiation extension. So just briefly, the way this works is you're allowed to, as the Sixers did with Robert Covington years ago, you're allowed to give a player a raise on their current contract and then move out from that. But you can only do that with cap space. And you can only go up. You can't go down. Right. And so theoretically, if the Bulls had $10 million in space, $8 million, depending on wherever the numbers are, whatever Levine's comfortable with, they could functionally agree to a high-value extension right now if he's amenable to it and everything else. But you need to actually have that money. And you need to have Levine being willing to put his pen on the dotted line, which we don't know. We don't know either part of that right now. That got a lot harder when they made the Vooch trade, and they also now you don't have don't have two first round picks. So my inclination is that they, I, I think Karnishevis is going to look for something big, but I don't know what big is out there if Vooch, Levine, and probably Thaddeus Young aren't a part of it. Like I don't think Kobe White or Patrick Williams or Troy Brown or any of that. Like that doesn't really get. You, that doesn't fundamentally transform your team. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm pretty down on that move. <laughs> I, I don't. Well, I mean, here's the funny, the, the kind of the darkly funny thing about it is, in certain ways, the the that trade turned Chicago's present and future kind of into what was Orlando's present and future, and in the sense that, and that's not just because of Vooch, it's because it also tied up their books, which is how, where Orlando was before that, where it's just like, well, how are they going to get better? Yeah, th- that's kind of, and they're on like two separate timelines still, too. Yep. They have like the Kobe White and Patrick Williams timeline versus the like older guys on the roster, like Levine and Vucevic, and honestly, like Thaddeus Young has been awesome this year. Oh, yeah. So like, you know, great player. 
but what, what do we do here? This is not what I would have done if I was Chicago. And I wrote that at the time. Like I said, I don't know that this is uh, the route that I would have gone if I was Chicago. I understood it because I think that Arturis thought that like if we go out, we get Vucevic, we pair him with Levine, it's going to be you know a top five offense in the league, hopefully, and we can make it work around them. I, I, uh... <laughs> <laughs> this is a this is a bad move. I think <laughs> like this. It's challenging. This it's has a chance to, to like sure. go down as like one of the worst like moves we've seen in the last few years from a from a GM. If this goes poorly, and the the thought process behind it is also really challenging. Like Vucevic has become a much better player, but it's it's the idea of just like okay, well, where are you going with him as your second best player? And if, remember, if this team is bad next year, they have to like have serious conversations about moving Zach Levine at the deadline. They have to have serious conversations about moving Zach Levine like this off season. They shouldn't do it, but like if you get well, blown they should away do it if he offer. says he won't sign. If he won't sign an extension, if yeah. he says like I don't want to be here, then you I think you have to move him. Yeah, totally. Because so like you can't let him walk. I mean, that would be catastrophic for the franchise. It's a lot of really good stuff. A lot of stuff that I feel like you and I have talked about over the last couple of months, ever since they made the deal too. And, you know, as the playoff look sort of dwindled and we started to look at maybe a more of a focus on the offseason and what next year is going to bring and all the conversation we had about Levine too, man. I don't know where you want to start in all of that. I don't know if that's the first time you heard that too, but a lot of similar things we're talking about. The thing that stuck out to me the most first was the fact that he said, like, if, if things go poorly, this could be one of the worst moves in the NBA over the last couple of years. I don't know about that, man. Like, uh, it's been a lot of really bad moves. Like, how does this... I guess I just, I can't see the complete bottom negative side. The negative side being what? Vooch leaves, you, you gave up two draft picks, and you don't re-sign Levine? Like, I can't see that happening. What do you think about this, though, overall? I mean, I understand certain elements of the pessimism um, as far as the way that they laid out the what could go wrong if this Zach Vooch pairing doesn't work out. They were also correct in pointing out the two different timelines. We were just talking about it ourselves. The fact that you got Kobe White and Patrick Williams and who knows, maybe a top four pick that comes from some lottery luck tonight. And then, you know, the, the Zach Vooch Thad trio. Um but the the sky is falling kind of um, levels of pessimism there. I just don't really agree with. I mean, they said so. Basically, the Bulls are just now in a position where their ceiling is what Orlando's ceiling was, which is why they traded Vooch. Did Orlando have Zach Levine? No. Did Did Orlando have a player of Zach Levine's caliber playing next to Vooch? No. No. Flatly, no. Before even before they traded Aaron Gordon, did they have a player playing next to Vooch of, of Zach Levine's caliber? No. And that's not to diss Aaron Gordon. He's a decent player. But I think it's clear now that it's not just that Zach won those dunk contests. He's a better player than Aaron Gordon. Clearly. Hands down. So to just say, well, okay, so the Bulls are like, you know, the Orlando Bulls now. No, I, I don't agree with that element to the take. And to say that this could be one of the worst... Tra- I'm, you know how many awful trades? Even, like, even in like the last 10 years, if, if that's kind of the, the comparative timeline that they were one of the worst trades of the last decade, you know what was within the past decade? The Nets mortgaging their future for an aging KG and aging Paul Pierce team that couldn't even get out of the first round against a Derrick Roseless Bulls team. 
I mean, that's one. How, how about how about the Oklahoma City Thunder just saying, hey, um, we've there's a five million dollar difference here. You want 60. We're offering you 55 and a half to James Harden. We want to pay less luxury tax. So we're just going to send you on your way. Future MVP. Awful trades. A lot of All context. Is, a lot of context is missing in this, right? Like the fact that they said they could go wrong. How many games did did Vooch and Levine get to play? Like we don't need to rewrite the script for Bulls fans that are listening to this, but for them, I would say like like again, context matters here, man. Right. How many game? How many games did they get to practice together? Like those zero are, exactly. So those are all those all those things that you and I have talked about for months. I feel like national. National perspective is missing that, right? And I wonder if they think about that, they think about a couple of other things. It's like, you're either screwed. You Either you don't make a move at the deadline to try and help Levine get to the playoffs and you didn't think he was going to be out for four weeks. You were either going to do that or tell Levine, you know what, we're not. We're not ready to do that. And he's going to ask for a trade. He would have asked for a trade or said, I'm walking in a year. Like that, those are the two realities I feel like this new front office were faced with. They jumped on an opportunity that... Let's be honest, as Bulls fans, you gave up Wendell Carter Jr. That was it. That was it, and the, and the potential of this draft this draft pick, depending on what happens in the lottery tonight. That's not a lot for an all-star. For a guy like Vooch, to pair next to Zach, at least to show Zach the commitment level. So there's a, I feel like there's a laundry list of things that are missing here, and it's, I don't know, it's a Swiss cheese argument for me if you talk about this being one of the worst moves uh, and he didn't even really. Like, I, I want to know what the definition of if things go badly. Like, what is it? Is it worst case scenario, or is it that you just end up losing Vooch and or Zach in, in a year and things don't work out? Um, right. I have a lot of questions with that. I, you know, if they are looking at the Bulls' failure to make even the play-in tournament, let alone the playoffs, as the reason that they are so down on this trade, um or even a significant part of why they are down on this trade, I think that that is wildly foolish. I know some Bulls fans were disappointed that after we made the trade for Vooch, the team didn't just start rattling off Ws. But if you were expecting that, I'm sorry, you're a freaking idiot. Billy Donovan said it himself towards the end of the season, and it was maybe a part of his you know end-of-season press conference. When you make trades at the deadline, they are usually for supporting pieces role players to bolster your you know the back end of your rotation the stars traded on deadline day you know often it's for you know when that kind of caliber player gets traded could be there on an expiring and a team decides to rebuild so they trade away their best player and 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 hit the tank that's that was the case from Orlando's perspective from the Bulls perspective you upended your rotation. Like, you know, right. Vooch, Tice, like all these pieces that come in and just completely change the makeup of your team. Donovan on the fly, sans practices because of this ridiculous NBA calendar this season, had to reinvent the team and install a new offense and completely change the way they were playing. And you expected... That Oh, while they're doing that, they're going out west on a road trip where they're playing all of the best teams in the league, and they're only losing those games by a couple of points here and there. They're competitive in those games. They just don't win them. 
And whether it's these analysts from this podcast or Bulls fans saying, well, why aren't they winning? I can't believe we didn't make the playoffs. Look at the context of the situation. Anyone who expected all of that to just go swimmingly right out of the gate was fooling themselves. But it doesn't mean that Zach and Vooch, as your your two stars pair, with the right pieces around them and a full training camp for Billy Donovan and his staff, you know, knock on wood, some some health, get Troy Brown Jr. healthy, make sure everybody's healthy. All of a sudden, next season could could look very different, and this trade could look like a pretty darn good trade. Don't use a 25-game sample at the back end of a season, a chaotic season, to, to call this trade a failure. It's it's ridiculous. I think it all matters, too, of like what you thought this Bulls, this new regime is trying to do, let's say, in the next three years, right? In three years, there's got to be big decisions that will be organization changing in terms of path. It's either you're committing to Levine and you're going to see how far that can take you over the next five years. At the, at the very longest, it'll be five years. You can trade him away earlier if things are a disaster. The other route is Levine either walks or you deal him and you're committed to doing it the way AK and his staff want to build out this team. And they want to do it from scratch. They don't want to do it with other players that were from a different regime and from the past. Those are the two paths. Those are the two paths that the Bulls have to pick. And I think we'll get a better idea of that um, maybe even this offseason, man. Like, if national people are talking about Levine potentially having to make this decision now, mm-hmm. uh, it could it could press the Bulls to either make a big move and leap into leap into hey two three years we're gonna push see how far we can get it even if it doesn't get us to a championship. Uh, I think Levine's got to make that decision. I don't know if he would tell the Bulls right away or not, um, but we haven't even talked about the idea if the Bulls stink next year and Levine's like, you know what, let's play out the first half of the season and see what happens. What happens if the Bulls suck next year or they have a bunch of bad luck again and have a bunch of injuries and we aren't able to see this team full again? Like, Zach's, what is Zach's thought there and... I think we go back to the reality of maybe Zach gets traded at the deadline if things do go poorly. But it all circles back to, I think the Bulls made the right gamble. I'm okay with that as a Bulls fan, with the gamble that they made, trying to commit to Levine, trying to make a trade where they didn't feel like that they were giving up a whole lot. Um, I don't know. I feel like there there might even be more questions about like trading for Troy Brown Jr. and what they think of him and trading for Tice. In which I know you didn't give up a whole ton, but Daniel Gafford was a very valuable player in that trade. I think that there was there may be some more concerns short term in that than making the deal for Vooch. Maybe I'm crazy though. Maybe I'm an, uh, a very optimistic Bulls fan in this regime and what they did in year one, and that could totally be true. Um, I don't it, know. It could be. It could be. Um, and and you, you, I think the the last thing that we should touch on here about this whole conversation is what you started to touch on there with with Zach and his decision about his future. Because I think there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, First, though, really quickly, wanted to tell all of you guys about rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's almost impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why often endure pointless and intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts for on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You've got computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. 
Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer. They've got everything you need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. This episode is also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball's in full swing. We've got the NBA playoffs. We've got another game two of the Western Conference Finals tonight if you want to bet on that. They have the NHL. UFC, MMA action, and then every single baseball game, basically every single day for the next several months, you can bet on at Bet Online. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up for bonuses, and check out all their contest information. Don't sit on the sideline anymore, as this is your chance to get in the action as teams prep for their finals run. Whether you want to bet on the Clippers or the Suns tonight, Tons of player props available at Bet Online. Head to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure you use the promo code LOCKED ON. You get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. So, yeah, I briefly touched on it, but the Levine stuff I think is interesting too because it's, it's a lot of the conversations we've been having for the last two months, man, about like. These are the several scenarios that are going to play out over the next several months. We still have no no answers. I think Levine is committed to here, and I think he's committed to seeing what this is through, but there's still a little bit of me that lingers and says, you know, if next year is a disaster completely, he could switch and change his mind. The Bulls will have to make a decision on that. What do you think about that and what they said, too? Yeah, well, so their conversation about Zach and renegotiating... Um, and using cap space to renegotiate his contract this offseason, um, I think is not going to happen. I would be surprised if it happens. It would be a wonderful surprise if the Bulls and Zach can get that done this offseason. But all sensible logic from Zach's point of view and his management and agency's point of view is to tell a first-time All-Star who's still just now entering his prime in his mid-20s after playing on a very team-friendly deal of the last three or four years of him becoming a star, it would make no sense for Zach to not get to that unrestricted free agency and see what pitches are out there. So I think it's unfortunately very unlikely that the Bulls use some of that space to try and just lock down Zach this summer. Just don't see it happening. As for your question of, well, what happens if it just doesn't work? If the Zach Vooch pairing doesn't work, if the complimentary pieces aren't the right complimentary pieces, the Bulls stink again next season. Well, I think you'd find that out before the trade deadline of the 21-22 season. It wouldn't take you more than half uh, a season to figure that out. In that case, then what they were saying is is true, and I agree with it. If that awful scenario plays out, you got to trade Zach because you don't want to lose him for nothing because he is an all-star caliber player. And if he's sick of losing in Chicago, 
obviously they're not going to win the Zach Levine sales pitch competition with all of the other teams out there that see Zach for the valuable player that he is. I think Zach has enough respect for this organization and cares enough about this organization that he would, he would make them aware of that. If at some point the bulls are, you know, eight or 10 games under 500, God forbid, you know, early, early on next season, things aren't going well. He's frustrated. I believe that Zach is the kind of person with the kind of character to let the Bulls know, hey, I'm I'm going to walk next summer. So trade me somewhere so you guys aren't completely boned. I I, I believe that Zach would, is that kind of guy. I don't want that situation to play out. Uh, and I don't necessarily think that that situation will play out that badly where the Bulls are so bad next season that they have to force their hand and um, or, or you know, they are forced to play their hand, basically, um, with the only option being to trade Zach Levine and, and figure out what to do from there. I don't think it's likely, but I think that what Zach really wants, I truly believe what Zach really wants is to stay in Chicago and to win with this Bulls organization. Because that's all we've heard from him and everybody who has sources close to him. He wants to stay here and he wants to win. And I believe that. I think the the long-term projection question that you were just kind of asking is it's tough to say right now uh, and what the fan base would uh, deem to be an acceptable step of progression. Um, some people, you know, and, and obviously Ben Simmons' performance in Game 7 on Sunday night made everybody start asking that question. Do you want to just see what you got with Zach and Vooch and the complimentary pieces and maybe add some new pieces, switch out some of the old pieces from this past season um, and see what that is? Or do you want to go all in right now and sacrifice some of the younger pieces that you have and use them in a trade to bring in a third notable in their prime player to be the third wheel to Zach and Vooch? And it seems like the fan base, from what I can tell just over the last couple of days, is like most things because, bless Bulls fans, pretty split on that idea of what they would rather see happen. I think the the one thing that Bulls fans can agree on is that we are all starving to just get back to the playoffs. These have been a long four years. And honestly, the last playoff trip, you know me, I think it was a gigantic waste of time. I think the three alpha season was one of the stupidest things that the former regime ever did. Um, it was waffling between building around Jimmy and starting over. So that's, you know, that's one of the things that has set us back to where we are now. Bulls fans just want a competitive team again, a team that's worth rooting for again. And for a while this season, we thought maybe we were finally there. Not quite. But we did make a significant step. We meaning like we didn't do any of the work, but as a fan base, we saw a player that we got from that Jimmy trade from starting over, turn himself into an all-star this season. So we have some stuff going on. We have some good stuff going on. We had uh, an all-star that built himself up after arriving here via trade, and then we just got a second all-star to come play with him in a debt trade deadline day trade. And we only saw them for a very, very small sample size between him arriving, Zach sitting out, and the tail end of this season. And anyone judging that trade as a failure based on that, I think, is being uh, a bit short-sighted. 
So as far as what are expectations moving forward, let's see what Zach and Vooch can do together. We'll see what, what AK and Eversley do. Maybe they do decide, hey, let's go get a third in their prime player right now. We'll, we'll use uh, you know Pat or we'll use Kobe or whatever. And we're going all in, all in right now. Cool. I, I would welcome seeing how that plays out. But I think we all just want to get back to the playoffs, man. That's that's the next step, right? It's not like I'm not demanding that they make some wild and crazy move that would make the Bulls like favorites to have a top three seed in the East next season. Doesn't seem super realistic, does it? I just want them to be a team that can compete and get a playoff spot in the East next year. See, and that's the that's the scary episode I we're gonna have to have at some point is like what do the Bulls want? Like, what are they willing to see in terms of the short term? And maybe the front office agrees to, hey, let's just play this out. Let's get this team to the playoffs for the next couple of years. Let's 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 get out from rock bottom, and then start to like like I t- I take this as like a transition period for for this team. Uh, it sucks to say that that like the goal isn't the NBA Finals. I don't know if that is right now short term for this organization. Just because, uh, let's be realistic about the pieces. But that's going to be. A, I think that's where they were going with their take. Is like not sure what your aspirations are. Where you're kind of in the middle too. You've got a bunch of young guys. Got a bunch of old guys. A a, a star in his prime that you're going to have to pay. You just traded away some of your assets. Like. You're in a weird spot right now. You're in a very weird spot. It's going to be hard for Bulls fans to accept that maybe, even if they do commit to Levine long term and and keep Vooch around and just see what this is, maybe in the short term of the next two or three years, it's not finals goal, but it's just, like you were saying, get back to the playoffs. Get a winning culture back before it's, okay, now we want to, now we want to set our, our expectations even higher, and that's the finals. And I think the scary thing for me as a Bulls fan is, is that might... Like that goal might not start for another three or five years. I think that's where I'm at in terms of the reality. Unless Zach Levine just has another level to him, and that can change the conversation, and or Patrick Williams. But for now, I'm okay with that too. I'm ready for no more no more bad basketball, man. I want to see the Bulls in the playoffs and see what they can do. I'm ready to see what Levine can do, even if it isn't multiple finals appearances, at least right now. I'm okay with that. Um, I don't know if Bulls fans are okay with that, though. And maybe they haven't even thought about that yet. But that's a, that's an episode we're going to have to have. Yeah, well, at Bulls fans, uh, they're not the most patient people. Uh, they're not the most uh, realistic. I think they can like live in the clouds at times. Um, but all of it stems from just being some of the most passionate fans uh, of, of any team out there. And certainly for a significant portion of the fan base, knowing what winning feels like and and just being frustrated by the fact that we haven't had that feeling in a very, very long time. Um, so I, I think it's I think it's fair that Bulls fans are impatient. Um, but just try and remember that this new regime, AK, Eversley, Billy Donovan, one year in. And that one year was spent dealing with a whirlwind NBA season and a global pandemic. So just like if, if you're one of those Bulls fans already calling the new regime a bust, like it's just like take a second and look at what they had to deal with in their first years on the job. 
and then maybe chill out for a second. They rolled the dice at the deadline, even if, if that's like the biggest criticism for everybody. If they rolled the dice at the deadline and got very, very, very unlucky. It's like rolling snake right. eyes. What, what did his fan base complain about for years about the former regime? That they sat with their thumbs up their butts and not doing anything on trade deadline True. day. True. Would you True. make a move for Christ's sake? One time. Take a swing. Do something. That was the complaint from this fan base for a decade. I so mean, that was that was also new regime this- comes in, new regime swings big at trade deadline. Let's see how it goes. Don't judge it yet. That was us every year around this time when we we're talking draft, free agency, off season. It's like take a swing right. year after oh, year. Oh, after we traded year. Kirk Heinrich away again. Oh, we traded to get Kirk Heinrich back again. Cool, great deadline day, guys. I mean, even in the short term of this rebuild, man, it's like uh, trade up, trade up with Atlanta and take Kent Bazemore's contract, you assholes, to get Trey Young, please. He didn't do that. And it's just like all of that. It's just like take a swing, take a risk. So again, I'm with you. Like even it's, you had the worst possible luck. Your your all-star set out for a month and you didn't have any practices and it sucked and you had a hard schedule. So just came up lucky, but I'm glad that they they were aggressive and it it didn't totally cost them. So I'm not completely pessimistic like these national, uh, this national perspective is, and they might turn out to be right, but uh, we'll see. We still got a lot of things to happen before then. Um, Hit us up with your thoughts though. Anything that we talked about today, uh, give us your reaction to if the Bulls do end up landing in the top four. We want to hear from you immediately. So hit us up 331-979-1369. Drop your text, your voicemails, anything you got for us there. Uh, If we do end up at one through four, I think Matt and I are planning on to do a emergency episode. So we'll have something out for you. Otherwise, just leave your reaction of lottery night overall or anything that we talked about. 331-979-1369. For Matt Peck, I'm Jordan Malley. Bulls Nation, have a wonderful day. Be back tomorrow with a fresh episode. For Jordan and Matt, we are out. Deuces. Locked on Bulls, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. For more content and to stay up to date, head over to LockedOnBulls.com. Thanks a lot.